didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney. And this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, looking at every single episode of the series Stranger Things, starting with episode one. We have now made it to season two, and we are on episode two, titled Trick or Treat Freak. And Colin is here with your summary. The second chapter of Stranger Things 2, titled Trick or Treat Freak, debuted on Netflix on October 27th, 2017. It was written and directed by the Duffer Brothers and has a runtime of 56 minutes and 12 seconds. We begin back on November 12th, 1983, right after Elle screamed her and the monster away. She wakes up Barb style in the Upside Down. Eventually, she makes her way out and hoofs it back to Mike's house where she sees the authorities have arrived. She realizes it isn't safe and escapes to the woods where she lives off squirrel, incapacitates hunters with flying logs, and eventually finds Hopper's secret ego stash. Back in the present day, it's Halloween 1984. Elle wants to go trick-or-treating dressed as a ghost, but Hopper says no. He offers a compromise to bring home candy and a scary movie at 515. The boys, meanwhile, have arrived at school in their Ghostbusters costumes, with Lucas and Mike both dressed as Venkman, only to find no one else dressed up. Lucas and Dustin presumptuously invite Max to go trick-or-treating. Nancy is still racked with guilt about Barb's death and wants to do something about it, but Steve, very rationally, explains that would not be a good idea. They agree to hit Tina's party that night. After school, Max gets a ride home with Billy, who almost runs over the boys, while at the same time, the Great Hawkins Pumpkin Conspiracy is still afoot. More and more farms are being destroyed by who knows what, and Hopper begins mapping out the damage to see if he can figure out what's causing it. Back at the buyer's house, Bob and Joyce are getting ready for trick-or-treaters with a little dancing and a little dreaming about a better life. Jonathan drops Will with his friends and then heads to Tina's party, where Billy is marking his territory with a legendary keg stand. Inside, Nancy gets a little too tipsy and declares that Steve, their relationship, and the whole world is just BS. The end of Steve and Nancy. Thankfully, Jonathan is there to scoop her up and take her home. The boys, after waxing poetic about nougat and full-size candy bars, continue trick-or-treating. Mike is moping because Max has joined and ruined everything. Will, however, is having the worst night as the shadow monster comes back and is this close to catching him. Mike and Will both end up bailing so they can go home and mope some more. Back at the cabin, Hopper finally arrives three hours late. A frustrated L enters the void and tries to get in touch with Mike, but he's too mopey to notice. Dustin gets home and finally investigates whatever's in his trash can, and he sees that it's the end of chapter two. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. I, this whole season breaks my heart. I have a hard time with this season. There are just, I love this show, but it makes me sad that everybody seems like they're in such a bad mood this season. It doesn't seem like anybody enjoys anything. Yeah, nobody's really having too much fun. <laughs> no, and Mike, he is just such a jerk the whole season. It's hard to root for him. Oh, and the the annoying thing is he was this the opposite way about L joining the yeah, group. He's like, L's right. going to be part of our group, and blah blah blah. And I don't care what you say. And now, no, we can't have Max. You know. So yeah, that's 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 annoying too. And I know they're trying to play the Lucas and Dustin thing as you know comical where they're both you know vying for Max's attention but it almost stings too much when you get to the end and how it ends up I don't know there's just a lot that it's not that I don't like it I do but there's just a lot that makes me sad about this season yeah I think it I think it kind of in hindsight after watching season three too because season three is just so fun and so big Mm -hmm and gets out of Hawkins a little bit and there's all kinds of new stuff and the people have matured and they're you know they're a little little bit older so kind of looking back I think at the time I liked you know season two perfectly fine but yeah oh I I, yeah I did too I was easily you know like I said I sat and binge watched every episode right in one day you know because I just love the story but I was sad at how Nancy treats Steve, even though he's being totally rational. I don't know what she wants him to do. Sit and mope with her all the time. Like I get how much pressure it would be. 
yeah, I mean, she can't really expect that they're going to go to the Hollands and say, well, here's what happened. Right. <laughs> here's how we know for sure that Barb is not coming back. And I felt like he was trying his best to like look out for her at the party and make sure she had a good time, but not. And I don't think Jonathan takes advantage of the situation. I really don't. Like, it it doesn't. You can tell he likes her and he's kind of like pining after her. But yeah, I don't think he does anything that's like disrespectful to Steve. No, I mean, he's not making a move on her or anything like that. It's just, you know, putting her in bed and, you know, and yeah. I want to let's start at the beginning and and because I love how Elle wakes up and it's kind of the, I said it was, she kind of wakes up Barb style because she's like, lying on her back and she kind of spits the stuff out like barb what did. is that i don't know I, I don't know and it's never it, really... made, it made sense with barb because she got it looked like she fell into a pool she was in a pool yeah and so, l i, I thought that this time i was like what is that what could it be maybe it's monster goo i i don't know yeah this is this was a great episode for kind of nerdy camera stuff um Bob Gorlick, who I talked about early on in our podcast, is the is the Steadicam operator, and he did some great work in this opening scene with kind of the fisheye lens, so you can kind of see the whole hallway and stuff. But it's all mm-hmm. a all kind of a Steadicam shot. And then I also loved um, when Owens sends the guy, you know, Shepard Junior, into the into the upside down to fix the electric thing, mm-hmm. and it's it's all kind of um, kind of surveillance camera, you know, yes. from the guy's thing. Um, and then, but the best shot, um, going back to the, to the Tina's party, that whole scene, it's, it starts with the keg stand with Billy doing the keg stand. And it's, it's a single, it's a minute and a half long single shot. Go back and watch it from the keg mm-hmm. stand to them walking in the house past the caveman who beats his, you know, head yeah. with the, into the house. And then uh, Billy's kind of playing with toilet paper <laughs> in the background. And then they walk over and then Tommy is like, there's a new keg stand king. And then Nancy walks away and she walks over to the punch bowl. She gets stuff out of the punch bowl. Steve's like, no, take it easy. Mm-hmm. And then she drinks the punch and dribbles a little bit down her face. That's all one shot. It's one minute yeah. and a half long tracking shot. And And, and imagine just the, I mean, the choreography that had to go in that because you're in a room of 50. Oh, yeah. Jumping up and down, you know, kids. Mm-hmm. And you got everything's just had to be choreographed perfectly. And it's, it's just a just a great shot. So I had, a, I had a little little camera geek out moment in this in this episode. I well, you you mentioned Nancy, you know, when she chugs that, you know, punch and she gets the she dribbles it on her face. Yeah. Did you know that that was an accident? And they she actually did not. That was not supposed to happen but she stayed in character when she like wipes it off and gives steve that look oh there and you walks go. away yeah. so they kept it in well it made sense yeah it works in mm-hmm. the moment so that was good yeah. yeah so how about the the lack of originality in halloween costumes at tina's party i you know with the show that's packed to the brim of pop culture references from the 80s i was shocked that we didn't see the only people that were super dressed up which I think Tommy, I think he was supposed to be Cobra Kai. He was, yeah, he was Cobra Kai and he had the Cobra Kai and then he had no mercy written on a little <laughs> patch. Yeah. yeah, he had to just take it the extra step and write no mercy on a patch. But, but that's, then, I saw there was a Magnum PI kind of in the background uh-huh. and there were um, a couple of Madonnas, you know, 80s Madonna with the, you know, the, but the girl that the girl that Jonathan talks to. Oh, Susie Sue, as opposed to, as opposed to kiss, kiss. But, yeah. which I knew it wasn't kiss, but yeah. I, maybe that's too. Oh, and he totally, anybody who listens to joy division knows who Susie Sue is. And oh, he okay. Known, he would have known that immediately. Um, and then Nancy and Steve is the risky business, you know, as Rebecca Warnay and, um, and Tom Cruise from risky business. So that was, that was good. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, I wish that just... they had done more, but if you think about it, that's one thing that people always complain about in movies is how elaborate, or maybe it's just me. I always get annoyed with how elaborate Halloween costumes are for people going to a party at the last minute. And it's no, like, that's true. yeah, this is pull, high school kids. Yeah. Yeah. They'll pull like a whole like Edward Scissorhands costume right. out of their closet. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, yeah. I am lucky if I can find, like, I'll just put on, you know, I'll go to Walmart and get like a neon sweatshirt and be like, Ooh, I'm from the eighties. Oh yeah, totally. No, the uh, the Halloween party was at it was the night that I actually started dating Holly. I I dressed up like 
well, you've, I mean, like the crow yeah. or like golf yeah. dude or whatever. I had like, I had like my nine inch nails t-shirt and like jeans and boots right. and like black eyeliner and like some fake yeah. piercings. And that, I mean, that was, yeah. I threw Mike it together and, I and that went was it. As, uh, slash an axle one year and I just tied a bandana around my head and wore sunglasses and had, and Mike just, we had found yeah. like a cheap, like super dark curly wig. And one of those like hats mm-hmm. slash for just anything that's easy. So, so maybe the Duffer brothers are trying to stick to more realistic. Yeah, it is true. I'm sitting here whining about it, but it's probably, it's a, you know, it avoids, yeah. you know, copyright issues. Right. Um, but yeah, it's certainly, it is, it is a little bit more. So realistic, this so. episode is filled. I would say that Ghostbusters is the most heavily referenced movie in this episode, obviously, because right. of their costumes. In the and song stuff. twice. But yeah, and the song twice. But did you catch, like, I thought it was cute that inadvertently L dressed as a ghost to go try to find yeah. her friends and they were the Ghostbusters. Yeah. So they would, you know, it would make sense if I they think, found her. I think that just worked out because, I mean, she's obviously dressed, you know, it was like, it was a shout out to E.T., obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it just kind of worked out that they were Ghostbusters. Um, and the Duffer brothers actually said that, I mean, they, they knew that they really wanted the kids to dress as Ghostbusters because there were four of them and, you know, they were trying to find something clever for it, but then they had to pray that they could get the rights to use the costumes and they couldn't, then they couldn't Mm -hmm. do it. They couldn't, they couldn't get the rights. So Sean Levy knew Ivan Reitman and he said, um, this is in the world's of the world's turned upside down book. He says, I knew it was a make or break Halloween costume. So I spent weeks tra- tracking Ivan down. We ultimately had a personal conversation, the Duffers, me and Ivan, in which we laid out why we love this film and why those costumes were so perfect for our franchise. And Ivan finally agreed and gave us the go ahead. So yeah. nice of him. And now Finn is going to be in Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. It all comes full circle. It's, it's just be- crazy. I yeah. know. I yeah. know. Uh, you said that the that L threw a burnt piece of log at the hunter. Yes, and it was funny because I went on Reddit and everybody's like they're throwing a dead squirrel at him. No, it's no. that's what I thought. <laughs> no, she the, she ate the squirrel and then but but you can see it kind of rises up and it's a log and it's got kind of sparks and you know ash stuff and she throws the I don't I don't think you could kill a man with a flying squirrel but I guess I don't know a log a I... log certainly. Did she kill him? I don't know if she killed him, but she certainly knocked him out. But how about yeah. the how about the squirrel twitching a little bit after she throws it? It was just like I don't like, watch oh, that God, part. It's uh, like twitching a little. I'm like, oh, I don't, uh-uh. I don't watch it. Like I, uh, I can't stand the sound yeah. it makes the little uh, squeak when she yeah, throws it. Bad. I hate it. Uh, I wonder too how, and I know that we say this, and I, I always say. Just in case the Duffer Brothers or Sean Levy ever hear this, I'm not picking apart just because it's bad. I just notice it and it confuses me why L can say certain words and do things versus <laughs> not like when she, she can talk and she knows Morse code and how to spell, but she's like trick or treat. Right. Like she says it like so yeah. stilted. And then she's knows how to start a fire. I mean, I'm assuming she uses right. her powers. I, I have a theory on this. You know how to survive. I, and my theory is that they're just doing it to annoy you. Oh, they knew. They're like, they, dear, dear dad. How can we make they, Whitney? They mad? knew that this is what would be your talking point for eight episodes. <laughs> so far, I can't help it. I'm. I just want it to, and it doesn't go away because she still continues to act like she doesn't understand certain yeah. things by season yeah. three. So you mentioned Ghostbusters. Let's, I want to back up to their costumes and the and when they walk into the school. And I love this bit because in the trailer, you see the shot of, of, Dustin, of Dustin looking out and realizing that nobody is wearing costumes. But in the trailer, it's kind of ice. And oh. you totally think he's like looking at a monster or there's something yes. weird going on just by the look on its face. Real ominous. And all he's doing is he's seeing kids stepping off a bus. So it was a nice little play. Like when we actually saw the scene come through, it was, it was, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. I think that, cause I, you know, I think about the trailer a lot cause the trailer was fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Where they tied in the thriller 
to yeah. the you know to the beat and all that. It was yeah. awesome. I loved it, and I they they're very good with the music that they use in the trailers and throughout the show. It always seems to fit. Yeah, I think fit the scenes or whatever. Yeah, but, I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk a lot about that in the in the music section because there's some there was some great stuff going on about how they got the music together and and they actually won an Emmy for um, music for this one. Um, but as far as um, the back to the costumes for a second um, and Dustin and Lucas were talking to Max and how there are so many bullies there's no more we're done with Troy and James they are they are no longer in the series yeah, oh, they're yeah. they're, they're done I, I don't know why but um, I would assume it's because maybe they were a year older and they went yeah, on to high I don't school know, could be but yeah so we have no more Troy and James and this was also the last episode um, with Carol in it she didn't have a line but I think when Billy's doing the keg stand, I think it's Carol. If you're looking at the screen kind of to the right of Billy, there's, Mm -hmm. um, I believe there's a teenager dressed as Madonna and standing right next to her, I think is Carol dressed like Flashdance with the the bulky sweater and the leggings. So I think, I think that's Mm -hmm. Carol. And and that's the last time we ever see Carol. So we, we, we have said goodbye to Tori and James and Carol. So all the, all the meanies are going away. Does it make you, well, you brought Billy on who takes, but then we get Billy, but <laughs> does it make you laugh when, when Tommy walks up to Steve with like, it's like, he's, Oh, Tommy's absolutely. like a clout chaser. So like he's, he's abandoned Steve now that Billy's in town, but he walks up and he's like, looks like there's a new keg King Harrington. And Steve's like, I didn't even know there was one. Like, he yeah. looks like, I didn't even realize I yeah. was the gang king. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tommy's just, he's just so ridiculous and so awful. Well, and like Billy, like, I mean, it's like they're posturing for a fight. Like Billy, like flings his sunglasses yeah. off and Steve, yeah. Steve just looks That's at how him, you like, do it, Hawkins. That's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's got like beer all coming out of his That's how you do it. What? I mean, it's pretty, pretty yeah. Different. What? Anybody can do a keg stand. <laughs> Um, so how about Will trying to pee and Joyce <laughs> coming at the door? And this is a great scene in and of itself. She opens the door, is like, What are you doing? He's like, I'm peeing. And then you sit and think that this is a year after he, he got out of the yeah. upside down. How many times how has many she times ran in the into past that year? <laughs> <laughs> and she opened the door. The kid's gonna get like pee anxiety. <laughs> she opens the door. Well, <laughs> still peeing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh my lord. Yeah, I mean, you can't blame her, though. I would be terrified, yeah. too. But then Jonathan's a little bit lax because he's going to let him go with his friends. And But it's kind of weird, though, because Joyce was fine dropping him off at the arcade. I guess if there's a bunch of people, they, they think it's OK. But so what about what about Bob not liking or Jonathan not really liking Bob? OK, so personally, I think Bob has to grow on you. Because I don't really like Bob yet. He's just real cringy to me. And, like he just, I get I like he's adorable. I don't know. He's so dorky and excited, like for the kids to come. Yeah. I don't know. And I, oh, I love that. I love that scene, by the way. And I don't know what to when 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 the when the doorbell rings and Bob goes to answer it and then it opens the door. Oh, yeah. I was I was and then it's and then it's the kids at another house. I always call it the silence of the lambs fake out. Cause it's kind of, you know, they think they're at one door mm-hmm. and they're really at the other one and, and TV tropes calls it a cut apart, but I don't know if that's really what it's called, but I love that right. little bit. And then the woman's like, Oh, little exterminators. <laughs> that was great. And how about Max as, as Michael Myers? Yes. It was also interesting. They actually filmed a scene that they didn't put in the episode of her hiding behind a bush. Yeah. Oh, and staring um, like waiting, waiting for the kids. Like- so all you see apparently I haven't seen it, but I just heard that they actually filmed this scene. So there's a scene of of uh, Max hiding in the bushes, like with the Michael Myers thing, just kind of peeking out, and you don't know what's going on. Oh, but is it like the episode, or is it like the scene in Halloween where? Yeah, he's, it's exactly. He's yeah, that's why they did it. Yeah. yeah, but so they took it out and just had her kind of jump out. Um, Lucas the scream. <laughs> but she apparently, Sadie is apparently freaked out by horror movies has never seen one and has still never seen halloween so really uh, that was yeah in real life Sadie yeah because she well at at the time yeah and now, and now she's in fear street obviously but um at the time well she we, also did that other netflix movie um eli maybe 
Gonna... So about a, a little boy who it had to do with the devil, but she was in it. I guess you, I guess you can be in it. Well, Stranger Things certainly is. You know, it certainly has its moments too. So yeah. And she's one of the older ones too. Yeah. Lucas is the oldest. Caleb McLaughlin is is the oldest, but I think she comes in right below him. Yep. So Dustin's three favorite candy bars in real life. Want to take a guess? I saw an interview in with him because they have they have the scene where he's talking about how much he loves Three Musketeers. And he's like yeah. Three Musketeers top three all the time. Uh, I saw an interview and they actually asked him what his three favorite. Oh no, it was in um, it was in Beyond Stranger Things on Netflix. Um, oh. they were talking about it, and he said what his favorite his three favorite candy bars were. I'm gonna guess. And this this is not this is not homework or anything like okay. that. Okay, you know, I'm gonna Twix. guess Twix. Nope. Kit Kat. Nope. Snickers. Nope. Three Musketeers is actually three one of Musketeers. them. He loves Three Musketeers. I love Three Musketeers. And then uh, Reese's Fast Break. Oh, those are good. They've got the pretzels in them. Yep. And uh, Charleston Chew, which is also kind of nougaty. What kind of nougaty, chewy. Oh, wait, I thought Charles. No, I'm thinking bit of honey. Those like real hard candy. Yeah, those are just a little honey. Yeah, Charleston Chew is kind of the long and it's a, like a long strip of chocolate with kind of nougaty something in it. Oh, I do love Three Musketeers. I do too. I don't. Yeah. It's like eating a chocolate pillow. <laughs> There's a commercial right there through Musketeers company. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I like the texture of it. Let's uh, let's talk about the the uh, shadow monster coming coming back into into town here. It was the Duffer Brothers actually said it was actually also on um, Beyond Stranger Things. They were saying that in the first season, their visual effects department consisted of one part timer. Oh lord. And now they have a whole room, like a whole department of visual effects guys. So, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it got really obviously ramped up this season and there's even more, a lot more to come. Um, but yeah, I thought this, that was just a crazy scene. And they, and they talked a little bit about kind of evolving the monster because they kind of viewed the Demogorgon as kind of Jaws, kind of like a, mm-hmm. kind of a one-time thing that comes out and hunts and, you know, takes you back to its, its, you know, lair or whatever. And now they wanted a, a, a sentient monster, one that, you know, that kind of, you know, could kind of hunt and, and, you know, hear you and see you and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So that's how they came up with the shadow monster. But I, that was just a terrifying it's, scene. I think I thought it was really well done. It is. And it's a very just, that monster in itself is just horrifying. It's so big. It looks like a giant spider, which I can't think of anything more horrifying than a giant spider. And I think the way that it moves so slowly, it just kind of, it like, it's it's almost like it's unfolding kind of. Yeah. 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 Don't like it. It was, it was, it was really, really crazy. Uh, So we still don't know if, if how, what triggers will to go to the upside down. No, and I was I was kind of thinking about this because he he goes this time when he got scared by the um the the three old the three that older guy. kids you know trick or treat freak and mm-hmm. you know zombie boy and that kind of thing so I don't know if it kind of maybe senses his fear or if he's you know because he got kind of knocked to the ground and he was, you know, really scared. So I don't know if that maybe triggers it. I don't know. I mean, it's all speculation, but. That could be, that would make sense. Because, Or maybe it just draw, maybe it's like calling him and somehow it's like transporting him there because it wants him, yeah. but we still don't know. So apparently Bob Newby's camera is the same camera that they used in Back to the Future. The video camera. Oh, I know. I know. And. We're going to, you got to wait to season three, but we are going to dive in <laughs> to some back to the future in season three, because I got a lot of theories, which it's not that, I mean, they, the Duffer brothers have 8 million movie references, which I love because it never feels, never feels forced. Right. They always work it in and it's, it's subtle enough that, you know, that it's not overbearing or you don't feel like they're doing it as a no, ploy to make people yeah. like it. All right. So we got three more kind of big chunks to talk about that. We got the pumpkin conspiracy. We got the Nancy and Steve breakup. And then we got all the, the L stuff at the end with, with going into the void, which is what, you know, we've been calling yes. it the astral plane and all that stuff, but on, on they actually, have, they're calling it the void apparently. So, yeah. Um, so the pumpkin conspiracy 
Um, I love the bit where <laughs> Hopper's like, it could be poisonous, so don't touch it. And in the background, Callahan. <laughs> Callahan's touching it and sniffing it at the same time. So that was, that was great. Which, if you know me, it's one of my biggest pet peeves in any sort of horror movie or sci-fi movie. People like to touch things all willy-nilly. Oh yeah, they they and... do it in the rift. In the at the Hopper does it when he goes downstairs into the basement. He yes. touches the stuff on the wall. And then uh, yeah, like they all like in in the movie in the Alien series, every single person that finds an alien egg, they they're like, let me get my face as close to it yeah. as I can. And before you know, the face hugger pops out, and it's just a pet peeve. And good job on the Duffer yeah. Brothers for continuing yeah. that with Calhoun. But oh, that was just that was so great. Like the stuff on the tree that Hopper was touching and stuff. I'm like, I'm, oh, it was looked like snot. It looked worse than snot. It was, I don't know what it was. It was just yeah, it was nasty. So it had like a green tint to it. It wasn't even like the pink stuff. Yeah, it was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's talk about the great Nancy and Steve breakup because this this is the end of Nancy and Steve um oh, I know. she's a fool yeah but she was great though in that scene i, I thought she was she is yeah. she is but i also think steve's great in that scene because i feel like you can feel his hurt oh it's just oh it's heartbreaking yes isn't it? Yeah. his face when he and he yeah. looks at her and says you don't love me like he's, he's like, like like we're in love like what yeah 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 oh i hate it yeah and it you know i i I, I really love the scene and I thought she gave a great performance in it, but it also, I mean, I, I mean, it, it just shows that this was something that's been kind of bubbling under for Nancy for a long time, because, mm-hmm. you know, in, that scene, in the scene in the library, she, you can tell she's kind of upset and she wants to do something for the Hollands and try to figure this out. But it's kind of like, you know, when you're drunk, the truth comes out kind of thing. Oh, so yeah. I think, you know, she's been, you know, feeling this for a while. And, and well, to finally, if you'll remember last week, we talked about, you you were saying that they were in their lovey I love you the lovey dovey I love you stage and I said I don't know if they are because her reaction is just so I don't know it seems like she's just going through the motions yes yeah yeah, yeah no I didn't I didn't think they were terribly lovey dovey but I just noted that they were saying I love you to each other mm-hmm. so obviously you know their relationship had progressed because they didn't at all you know up until that point so um yeah I, I just i was thinking that I, you know i never got the sense that they were lovebirds even right you know from the minute they met in the bathroom and the you know in the first episode all the way through he was the always end, you know. yeah he, he was he's always been a little too much for her i think yeah no she needs someone a lot more she needs jonathan she needs jonathan yes mm-hmm. <laughs> it's much more her speed so yeah all right so let's wrap it up and we'll talk about uh before we get to our segments we'll we'll talk about all the stuff with L and Hopper from the from the old school Aunt Jemima problematic <laughs> Aunt Jemima bottle. Did you catch that at the beginning? No. Yeah, when they in the first scene when they're having the waffles, there's it's an old glass Aunt Jemima. Oh bottle no! In the shape of Aunt Jemima, you know how it used to look like yeah. back when. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she goes through and she's watching all of her soaps and everything like that. But. Um, then at the end, when Hopper finally does come home, and there was a great interview on Beyond Stranger Things with Hopper, um, and he was saying how he didn't want Hopper to be like a full house dad. He wanted him, to, you know, like a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to, you know, kind of give him an edge. So the whole manipulation thing, the the, the line where he's like, okay, I'm just going to sit out here and eat this candy by myself, and I'll probably <laughs> have a heart attack, and I'll probably die, and I'll get fat. <laughs> So he was he was saying how much he loved that scene because it was just the kind of manipulation that his dad would have done to him. Oh. Um, so yeah, so I thought that was I thought that was that was kind of cool. But I also got a kick out of L uh, opening the door from two rooms away. Yes, <laughs> you know? right. Uh, and then also tilting her head to change the channels on the TV. I thought that was that was a neat I, little. But it's very like that's something I would do if I had that power. Oh, absolutely. I didn't have a remote. Just you know. Do like a little I dream of genie kind of, you know, change the channel. I love it. Yeah. And then Mopey Mike. um, Oh, oh, he's just so frustrating, isn't he? Yes. He's easily my least favorite character this season. Well, aside from Callie, but she doesn't even count. Right. Yeah. But yeah, he's just, every scene he's in is exhausting. And Eleven's sitting there and she's trying to, (laughs) trying to talk to him somehow. And he's. He's not getting the signals and I don't really know how that all works anyway. We, yeah. you know, it's, never, you know, it's kind of, 
you know, if, if he I, can kind of sense her or, you know. I, I've never been sure what made her not go to him anyways. I know she sees him. Is it because she can hear the, the agents being like, she's very dangerous. You're risking your whole family. If you ever see her again, can she hear that? And she's. I don't, she, I don't know if she could, I don't know if she could hear that or not, but certainly at some point in the past year, I mean, she, he must've been alone somewhere and he could have, she could have found him or, you know, yeah. on a ride home from school or, you know, kind of mm-hmm. hiding behind a tree next to the house or something or, you know, whatever. well, Hopper scared the living daylights out of her. I mean, and That's she's true. probably scared too. She doesn't want to go back to the lab. Yep. And then we close with Dustin in the, in the trash can, which is kind of a callback to the, the first episode of season two, when he heard the trash can rattling. So, but that will, that will be resolved next week in an episode aptly titled the Pollywog. So, so there you go. Oh, that's a fun episode. Yeah. I like that episode. We, we were going to do my homework first. <laughs> um, there's only one that you answered. Oh, well, that's good. All right. So, so do you want to do, um, do you want to do homework now or do you want to do let's call do in moment or location? Let's or do what? your call in moment. Okay. And then we'll move on to location, where in the world is, and homework. Okay. So, Colin moment this week has got to be Halloween in the early 80s. Um, I, I was trying to think back to some of the costumes I had, but I remember the costumes, you know, with the plastic mask and the elastic band and the little tongue slit, because you could kind of stick your tongue through the slit and be all gross. Um, and then there was like a plastic kind of sheet of a costume and I, I think I was Boba Fett one year I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I was Boba Fett with one of those costumes but then I also remember a year when I was in the Christmas pageant at my church and my mom made I was one of the three kings so my mom made a like a three kings costume so it had like the cape and the crown mm-hmm. and the so I remember wearing that one year and I remember my next door neighbor, Ben, was a robot that year. And he had like a, a box. It was just it was a cardboard box with the aluminum foil on it. Um, I was trying to remember some of my other costumes because I'm sure they were a, mostly Star Wars related. But I don't think we ever were like, like certain characters. My mom or my grandma always made my costume. I remember I was I was a little mouse one year. I was a clown. And mm-hmm. my grandma sewed all of the all of the costumes like from scratch. I was a, I think I went as a pumpkin one year. I went as a vampire. Mm-hmm. Just very generic. We never did the, the drugstore like costumes you could buy. Yeah, and we never we never. I don't remember ever getting full size candy bars. I remember. Getting, oh, we did. You know, I remember getting a lot of Smarties and lollipops and stuff, but we couldn't keep the lollipops because, you know, we could only keep stuff that wasn't wrapped. Because this was around the time of the Tylenol scare. Remember the Tylenol? Wait, lollipops scare? weren't wrapped. Well, they were uh, like no, the um, the ones that have the paper wrapper that wrap around. What are they like Tootsie Pops or yeah. whatever? Yeah, we couldn't keep those. Like real lollipops were fine. You know, like the kind you got at the bank. Um, but I remember, you know, the whole bit about apples and razor blades and oh yeah, and, you know that kind of thing. So, but I remember a lot of Smarties and you know well, that kind of stuff. But did they start X-raying our candy in the eighties? I don't remember. I don't remember that. No, I mean, I know. I know these days, certainly you can do that, but I don't, I don't remember back then getting x-rays. But again, as I, as I mentioned, it was, this was right around, and I'll have to check the date, but I remember the Tylenol scare with the cyanide scare and the Tylenol mm-hmm. and then the wrappers and everything. So I remember kind of being on edge about what we got, but I also remember, you know, just loving Halloween and dressing up and stuff. Um, I still don't understand why Tootsie Rolls were different than regular lollipops. You know what? There's some, some lollipops, like the ones you get at the bank with the with the clear plastic square wrapper that you can oh see we don't get those kinds at the bank here okay we get the dum-dums oh yeah so dum-dums we couldn't have because the wrappers could be taken off very easily as opposed to the ones right as opposed to the square cellophane cellophane. yeah that you had to kind of pull and yank off yeah yeah so those were fine and any obviously candy was fine but like boxes of raisins were no good or well they're no good anyway but um so that kind of stuff. Um, but my mom didn't, I never experienced like being able to run freely in a neighborhood growing up because my mom is the most nervous person on the planet. And we just, she would, we would just dress up in our costumes and she would just drive us to yeah. the houses of people that she knew. Yeah. 
to make sure we didn't get any razor blades in our apples and whatnot. <laughs> okay, so so Halloween in the early eighties. That was my, that was my Colin moment. Little little flashback for me. Okay. All right. So you want to do where in the world is? Sure. Where in the world is? Only one this week. And I'm trusting that when you saw it, you noticed it and immediately ran to look it up. But Loch Nora, is it a real place? Is it not a real place? And if it is a real place, where is it? You're going to be so proud of me. It was a, it's a real place. Yes. And it's a real subdivision where the Duffer Brothers grew up in Durham, North Carolina. That's correct. Good call. Good, good call. I knew it it's right near curly and randolph actually which are two streets that have been mentioned so it's it's kind of the it's it's just down the road from curly so okay um but it was actually filmed in uh stone mountain georgia in a development called brentwood but it's the same brick uh thing with the and they covered up the black brentwood sign and they made it say loch nora but so that's a weird subdivision name but Loch Nora, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's also interesting because the Loch Nora in Durham is spelled, it's all one word, but it's an apostrophe. So it's L-O-C-H-N apostrophe O-R-A, which is bizarre. That is yeah. really weird. But they changed it to Loch Nora for here. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. So good job. You got it right. Yes. I feel like this is the first time I've gotten, first one I've gotten right in a long time. All right. You want to do okay. homework? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. You're late again. Yeah, I had to get catch up homework. Okay. Number one. So I'm going to give you your softball one first. Okay. Okay. Who are Steve and Nancy dressed up as at the Halloween party? Bonus points. If you can name the movie. Well, if you ask me the characters, I would strike out horrifically. Cause I think I saw risky business in like 1987 and haven't seen it since. Um, I don't even know if I've ever watched it. all. So I know it's Tom Cruise and Rebecca de Mornay, and I know it's risky business, but I I don't know their character names. I also didn't look up their character names and I just wrote down Tom Cruise and Rebecca de Mornay and risky biz. Good call. Good, good call. Okay. There you go. It was actually, it was actually, because I remember the first time watching it and I got done and I didn't really think much about it. And then I went back and watched it again. I'm like, who the heck is Nancy dressed up like? And I had completely forgotten. Uh Uh-huh that i mean it's just it makes me laugh that steve was like we're gonna wear these dumb halloween costumes that we've been working for months on and i'm like what did you do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he handcrafted the ray-bans <laughs> right yeah nancy's literally wearing uh, a sweater set <laughs> yeah <laughs> with a little black a uh, little black bowl yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. okay okay number two what channel is the radio at the cabin set to wow that's a that's a deep cut yeah yeah well i'm making up for all those times i gave you the easiest questions ever how 15 is jumping to my head but i don't know if that's nope no no absolutely not it was 11 well duh that makes sense i guess right yeah (laughs) was 11 perhaps if i had taken an extra second and a half to think about it yeah you might have got it okay How many days has Mike been calling 11 on the walkie talkie where he just right. listens on that channel? All right. Let me do the math here. Let me just, let me just carry the four. It's like, it's like 353 or 352 yeah. or something like that. 353. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. Good call. Good, good call. And what do you, what do you get if you add all those digits together? 11. Yep. I'm sensing a theme. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I was going to ask you if you could name, and maybe this will just be your bonus question. I've got one more, but I was going to ask you if you could name one of the families that Eugene listed when he was talking about pumpkin gate and said that so-and-so hit all of these families. Yeah. I was going to actually ask you that because I thought you would, you might know that more than I would, because they were kind of like, um, Mm -hmm. So I know one is Neary, which is um, Richard Dreyfuss's character in Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is Freeling, which was the family in Poltergeist. Um, 
And then it was like Odell, I think, and like the Christensen family or something. But I'd have no idea if that's a pop culture reference or I and I couldn't find anything anywhere about it or. So I Googled it and I don't I couldn't find anything about the Christensen's. I looked everywhere. I didn't see anything that would that stuck out to me. And the only thing I could find for Odell was an actor named Tony Odell starred in the movie Chopping Mall which hmm. came out in like 1981 and yeah, it makes as just much a, sense as anything yeah it's got dean miller in it and is that his name dick miller okay not dean miller okay 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 for your final question of the night what two things does will take trick-or-treating with him the video camera we've already talked about the back to the future video camera and then presumably something to put his candy in like a pumpkin or I always had a pumpkin. I did pumpkin? too. I've never pumpkin. taken a pillowcase. Is it a pumpkin pillow? Is it a pillowcase? Yeah, pillowcase. Good call. Good, good call. Yes, it's a pillowcase. I accidentally yeah. gave that away. So yeah, no, I remember I remember Mike <laughs> had a pillow. <laughs> I remember Mike had a pillowcase. So yeah. Yeah, pillowcase. Okay. All right. All right, let's go. Let's go for the music. Six songs this week, plus other stuff. I mentioned earlier they got the Emmy for this. Uh, They were nominated uh, for music supervision for this episode, which is music supervision is is taking the, you know, established songs and infusing them in. So that's why. So first song is Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. Uh, Came out in June of 1984. So that tracks as does them wearing the costume. So that's good. Went all the way to number one, spent three weeks there. So yay, Ray. Second song is Wango Tango by Ted Nugent. And that's the song that Billy peels out of the parking lot to. Came out in the summer of 1980, reached number 86 on the pop charts. Didn't do too well. And then to make things even worse, Guitar World published a list a couple of years ago of the worst guitar solos of all time. <laughs> and Wango Tango came in number seven on that list. So oh. that was amusing. Uh, quick little anecdote um, from um, also from Beyond Stranger Things. Dacre Montgomery, who plays Billy, was talking and and how he, after he got cast in the part, the Duffer brothers invited them to their house for Thanksgiving or one of them to his house for Thanksgiving uh, because he's Australian and obviously wasn't Mm -hmm. home. Um, And they spent the whole of Thanksgiving talking about early 80s rock music that Billy could be playing with. So that's where they came up with you know, Wango Tango and Rocky Like a Hurricane and all these other songs. So that was a, that was a cute little. It's very uh, fitting for his character. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. I have a um, bit of trivia though, for your first one, I just thought of. Yeah. You know that Ray Parker Jr. Almost did not do the Ghostbusters theme song. I did not, but I know they got sued by Huey Lewis because it's they so asked close to... Huey Lewis in the news to do the theme song first, but he oh, didn't really? want to record another theme song. Cause he had just, he was working on the one for back to the future. It's the power of love. Yeah, which is weird because Back to the Future came out in 85. Right. So I guess he was working on it. Yeah. And then he turned around and sued Ray Parker Jr. for Ghostbusters. Which, how, how is that possible? Because Ghostbusters came out first. It came out after I Want a New Drug. It's, it's, it's. it's oh, okay. Huey, Huey sued it because Ghostbusters was so close to I Want a New Drug. Gotcha. Yeah. It's very much like, yeah. So they sued and settled out of court. So Huey won. Uh, okay, next song, Shout at the Devil by Motley Crue, played at the Halloween party. I cannot hear that song and not think of Guitar Hero. Oh, yeah, also true. Uh, September of 83, that came out, uh, reached number 30 on the mainstream rock charts. Did not chart in the you know regular Billboard chart. Next song, always delightful, Islands in the Stream by Kenny and Dolly. Love it. came out in august of 1983 reached number one and stayed there for two weeks just to give bob and joyce a little little something to dance to oh he does love kenny rogers he does uh next one is monster mash by bobby boris pickett they did the monster mash 
And that's playing when the kids are out uh, trick-or-treating the kind of the second go-round, the second scene we see. Uh, came out in August of 1962 and reached number one on the pop charts in Halloween, or at Halloween of 1962, stayed there for two weeks. And the last song is the always awesome Girls on Film by Duran Duran. And this is when Jonathan shows up at the party finally, came out in July of 1981 and didn't chart, actually charted in England. Um, But that was before Duran Duran became popular over here. So good job, Duffer Brothers. Yeah. So one, two, three, every single one of them was on the right timeline. Was in the right timeline. Absolutely. All right. So we are at Superlatives. Superlatives. Ooh. All right. Best line. You go. So my best line, I already mentioned it, was um, Hopper at the end um, when he's throwing his little pity party with the candy, trying to get Elle to come out. All right. I'm just going to be out here by myself eating all this candy. I'm going to get fat. It's very unhealthy to leave me out here. Could have a heart attack or something, but you know, you do what you want. I love that line. I thought it was <laughs> just yes, it's, it's so very hopper esque. Oh, it's very hopper and kind of coming down to her level, kind of being like a little kid, and you know, yeah. okay, I'll just sit out here by myself. <laughs> so, mine was actually when they're all trick or treating, and Lucas is such a brat as he's walking away. The three musketeers, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> I just love, oh, how they spend a whole scene talking about nougat. Oh, I know, but he, but Dustin said he could just have a giant bowl of nougat and eat it with a spoon. Yeah. How much he loves nougat. Okay. I don't even know what nougat is. I just know it tastes good, but I don't know what it is. I think it's like a kind of an aerated chocolate fluff, I think is kind of what it is, but we'll, we'll look okay. it up. Yeah. Okay. Most spirited. Uh, I went with uh, Steve and Nancy's Halloween costumes. Good choice. They were probably among the better costumes at the They party. were. And I know I feel bad picking that before. I almost went with Nancy's boots. That you very, very about. close to Carol's sweet, sweet boots. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's sweet, sweet boot action. But <laughs> yeah. So those are my choices. Uh, mine was something we haven't even talked about it. Well, I talked about it briefly, but the, um, all of the TV commercials and all the TV yeah. stuff that Elle watches, she's got some, all my yes. children with Susan Lucci. Uh, there's the Terminator ad. There's what looks like a McDonald's ad with there's the McDonald's ad for the quarter pounder four strips of bacon. Uh, and then there's, there's a quick seven up ad. There's a Oreo ad. There's uh oh, and I couldn't figure out this one. It was the very first one. It was like. It's like bathing your body in silk or something. Oh, like that. So I um, I assumed it was Calgon. Yeah, I think it's one of those kind of lotion-y kind of whatever yeah, things. So. That's what I assumed. I guess they never say it, do they? No, um, but I love all I love all those ads. It was those great. It was just so eighties. Oh, I love um, looking at old television ads. Speaking of which, <laughs> I actually went through. There's all there's all kinds of YouTube clips of of you know, and I'll I'll post one. Mm-hmm. um on our, up on our socials but you can watch like 30 minutes of just like 80s commercials like oh i know they, i do it a lot yeah i just love it i mean there's all <laughs> kinds of great stuff and i know, watched get... one for showbiz pizza the other day there you go so I'll, I'll post that up on our socials so you can so you can revel in the awesomeness I'll, love it. Of I'll do it early 80s ads Okay, most stranger thing. I have a feeling we both picked pick the same one for this one. Well, it was really, if you think about it, there wasn't a whole lot of scary in this, yeah. in this episode. So I, I went with the Mind Flayer where it's just like you said, it's unfolding above him. It just keeps getting closer and closer to him. Yeah. And and that and that's, I mean, we kind of saw him a little bit in the, in the first episode, but this was kind of, more, it felt like a much grander scale. It felt like it was much bigger and much closer. Yeah, and, and I felt they kind of did you know the jaws trick where they didn't give you a long look at it like you didn't really yeah. see exactly what it was so much yeah. this time yeah, it was yeah, it was it was kind of a quick back backlit flash mm-hmm. you know in the first episode but yeah this was this was really good so okay so we agree on that one yep which leaves us with mvp all right who'd you get 
I went with Natalia Dyer, and I don't think I've picked her yet. Um, I don't think you have either. Yeah. Um, but I just, I thought just for her drunk breakup with Steve, I thought, I mean, as far as believable drunk performances. Oh yeah. She nailed it. That's right up there. And I mean, she's gotta be what, like 17, 18 at the time or something like that. I mean, she couldn't have been. You think? I mean, no, in real life in like, like the actress. Natalia. Oh, I know. And I was thinking. Was, or was she older? Was she in the, like 20 or something? Or I don't know I, how old she was. Well, I don't know. You know, I read an interview with her a couple weeks ago and I thought she was like 23 now, yeah, but then so. that would make sense. It's been, you know, yeah, five years. But so. I, I just thought, I thought it was a great performance. I thought, I mean, because it, it would have been so easy to, you know, kind of trip on, you know, the standard, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of hiccupy yeah. and kind of, you know, whatever. Um, I thought she, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great performance. I kind of took the opposite route and I went with Steve Harrington, the character yeah. because I, I, it's probably cause I just felt so sorry for him to be honest, but I just, his, he's just so heartbreaking when he's, when she breaks up with him and he's, he just doesn't understand why she gives him no explanation. I know. And this is right on the heels of him being bounced as keg king. Yes. I mean, what man could take that much? Could you have a worse night? (laughs) No. I mean, he can later when, you know, (laughs) when other things happen. But, you know, for this year so far, that's the worst. Yep. All right. That'll that'll wrap it up, I think. That does it for this episode. So if you guys like us, we would love it if you give us a review on iTunes because they rule all. And when you review us on there, it gets us in front of other potential listeners. If you have any questions or comments or you want to submit your own superlative, feel free. You can email us at scoopsahoypod at gmail.com. You can find us on the socials at scoopsahoypod. We have new episodes every Thursday and next week we will be discussing season two, episode three titled the polywog. So I want to thank everybody for listening and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.